Bro, what's up, everybody? 800. 800th episode, bro. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Like, we don't count every single live event that we do as an episode. But in general, we're at a spot right now where, you know, like, when we first got into the game, I say first game, um, got into the game, I say 12 months into it. Um, somebody was uh, celebrating the thousandth episode. Wasn't it down to dunk? Yeah. Put that in context. So we're at 800 down to dunk. A couple years ago, celebrated thousand. So a year ago. So good for us. We're getting there. Another so, 10,000 episodes, baby. 10,000 hours, baby. So. What do we got today? Tomorrow we got a big game against the Bulls NBA TV right before Thanksgiving. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we've had a lot of feedback on the Josh Giddy stuff, so <laughs> we might as well scratch that itch a little bit. Why not? Josh Giddy uh, is always an itch to scratch. Our good, good friend Jay, um, you like to call him the asshole of our existence, but that's that's your choice. Those Dude, are your you know what? I gotta say, Jay is is a baller, bro. I really like him. I like the way he thinks and. Calling him the asshole of our existence is a mere like tip to our hats of our respect we have for him because we don't we don't give anybody that type of respect. All right, so he wants to you know, he proposed a trade where we trade Josh Giddy to the Nets for Mikhail Bridges. Uh, there's other details to it, but that's we'll call that the principles of the deal. Um, and his argument, this is the first logical one I've seen, even though I vehemently disagree with it, and I'll explain why in a minute, but. His argument is that Josh Giddy will probably at best be the fourth or fifth option offensively for the Thunder. And Mikael Bridges has proven that he can play you know, third, fourth, fifth option and still be effective. Um, and so it could be good for Josh. It could be good for the Thunder. It would, he'd be the number one option, number two option in Brooklyn. So bigger market, more money. So Jay's saying it out of love for Josh. And kind of reminds me of like when you're like, middle school high school dating you're know, like do you like i love this girl so much i want her to be happy even if it means they're happier with someone else other than me now now i'm a greedy motherfucker and if josh giddy would be happier somewhere else that like that actually doesn't register for me like i'm really greedy like i want him on our team when we're winning chips and if somebody's like well he'd be happier being a first option on a bad team like i don't actually believe that i think he's a winner right yeah. he doesn't he didn't give a fuck about you know averaging 30 and 10 on the worst no. team in the nba no. so how, how do you feel about jay i mean like I, i'll be honest with you um if we were to ever trade josh Mikel Bridges is one of the three guys in the league that I would be okay with, like straight up. Like, I don't, I don't want to trade Josh Giddy, but I, and then all due respect to to Jay, it's like he he knows who we really like. Mm-hmm. He's listened to us for long enough to know that Mikel Bridges is one of our favorite players in the NBA. Um, and I, I get it. Like again, like I wouldn't trade Josh for Mikel Bridges straight up at this point. And I know people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you should definitely trade him straight up. Well, and th- let me explain why Mark and I were talking about it just before we got on, um, Bali sports isn't going to be, you know, uh, um, 
the media for the 15 NBA teams that they are uh, for much longer. In fact, there's going to be new deals coming out. And I think those new deals are going to be a lot bigger than Bali Sports' deal, which means that there's going to be more uh, money in the pie for everybody else. Um, putting us in a position where this next year, Sam Presti could, for all intents and purposes, sign Chet, Josh, J-Dub on long-term deals. Mm-hmm. And when that money clicks in and snaps in, guess what happens? That it allows these deals to be like mid-level deals because the new money, when it clicks in, it's going to be intense. It's going to be a lot of money. So I look at that and I circle that right there, Mark. And I say, that's something that I want to hold on to because I, I think Josh Giddy is going to be a player that you want to sign for 18 to $20 million a year. You know, could, if he figures it out, he could go up 25 to $30 million a year. So for me, like he's just one of those guys that like, I can't even imagine Celtics people in the 80s um, saying, let's trade Larry Bird. You know, like, I, I, I go back to so many big men in the, like, the league where there's been so many guys that have the abilities and um, assets that Josh Giddy does. You know, he's playing out of position right now. Did you know that on defense? Yeah. Like, this is one of the most difficult things. Like, people are like, oh, no, Josh Giddy's numbers are down. Yeah. No shit, Sherlock's because he's playing against the power of forwards on defense. He's playing against a bigger body, stronger body. Somebody outweighs him by 20, even 50 pounds. And that is constant. You know, that's constant. That doesn't go away. And then when he gets on offense, he's, you know, a little bit more tired. This is why coach isn't playing him as many minutes is because he's allowing him to get used to his role. If, if coach wasn't happy with his um, playing time, right? Cason Wallace is in the background saying, hey, coach, I'm ready. And guess what? Coach would probably do that if he didn't have a plan for Josh Giddy for the future, especially as a starter. But he does. And he's been consistent that Josh is one of our starters since day fucking one. Yeah. So for me, I buy in. I buy in wholeheartedly to Josh. I don't give a shit if we're talking Mikel Bridges, Anthony Davis, any of these other motherfuckers that are out there that are semi-stars that you could say, man, they could come in and be our second best player. I don't care. Because that's putting us backwards so many years. Because what does Sam preach every fucking interview? Patience. Patience. And what happens if we trade Josh Giddy? Well, we're looking for a pass-first guy who can help the offense move like Coach D wants it to. It's, it's cool. I appreciate the feedback from UJ. I appreciate the feedback from everybody. We saw... Um, I think really productive. How many times has Josh passed the ball in for a game winning shot or game tying shot with less than 10 seconds left? I know. Enough times where we're all sitting here saying, you know, like you don't trade an asset like that because when they do figure it out and they're able to do play out their 35 minutes a game. Yeah. And we had some really productive conversations in the chats. And I apologize to whoever said these things. I try to look it up just now and I didn't have the name in front of me. It's easy to remember Jay's name because it's like, you know, Jay. Anyway, but like, sorry, but love you. (laughs) What I think is relevant right now is the fact that we could get Josh on a team friendly extension. Mm -hmm. Long term, I do believe Josh is a uh, max level player. And I think that we could find ourselves in a spot where it could be very team friendly and it could put us in a position. And I'm stealing, like I said, our commenter here, but where we, we have a very team friendly deal and we could find ourselves like the Chicago Bulls in the 90s because team friendly deals for for transcendent stars is really critical for long term building oh, yeah, another one that you know people talk about a lot and they should was that deal Steph Curry signed you know like 
They had questions about his ankle. And then all of a sudden, pretty fast, it was the best value in the NBA outside of like rookie scale contracts. And even then, it was probably the best value. So I just think it's really critical for everybody to just like say, you know, this is our team, you know, playing this game of like trade or second guess coaches' decisions. Like, yeah. Like I mentioned last time, a guy who likes to second guess coaches' decisions. I personally don't listen to him because he's up his own ass. But the, one of our listeners who does mentioned that he um he was questioning the play call that coach drew up when Chet hit that yep. three to tie the game. He didn't understand it. He thought it was a terrible decision. He wanted the ball to go to Shea. And he said that all after we won the game. Like, I know that we shouldn't be like so results driven that we're like, oh, we won, everything was good. But like coach draws up a play to tie it and to put it in overtime with 1.6 seconds left, and you don't even give him credit for a good play drop. Like this guy is old school in the sense of like um we want our best players to shoot all the shots and that's i get that that's fine but we we believe in balance and when you understand the balance of a team you understand Mm -hmm. how that helps your stars get their shots where they need to and the ball is moving around and stuff like that it's harder to defend and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you know, we see that from Chet and all you can sit there and say is like, well, that, that's outside of my understanding of the game of basketball. Like, just admit it. You're ignorant. Instead of trying to act like the coach is wrong, like, you're wrong. It's that simple. What's up, Nicholas? Man, What's goes, up, Vitico Gaming? Man, this What's goes up? back to my, um, my morning. I'm driving. I'm listening to the music because it's 5 o'clock in the morning, dropping my wife off at work. Um, just jamming out, right? And I'm thinking about the thunder. I'm thinking about the future and thinking about these, but we've consistently said Josh Giddy people, right? And the song pops on, right? Okay. I'm just going to, you're going to know what song everybody, once I start reading the lyrics here, but this really like is in purpose for what is happening in the Oklahoma city. All right, here we go. Their anger hurts my ears. Been running strong for seven years. Rather than fix the problems, they never solve them. That makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Bro, I'm right that's it, man. The words right, right guys. That's away. it. Stupid Everybody fix this home. Then I read it every day. So here's your holiday. Fuck you. Sorry. That's right, man. And that's what this is about, man. This is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're not doing it the way that other people think they want to do it because they don't ever fix the problems. They just sit there and they sit around circles and say, oh, if we go out and get a star like Bradley Beal, like Kevin AD, like Russ, like uh, Harden or whatever, we'll fix our problems. But in fact, they're never solving them. They're sitting around circles and just going and jerking around. This is why the Oklahoma City Thunder has figured it out. Although you don't realize it, Josh Giddy is the problem solver. He is the problem fixer. And you need guys like that on your team. You can't what, win what, a championship bro, without problem solvers. What they do when they, when they found Jesus? Bro. Hung him up on a cross and crucified him, bro. That's We're what not saying that Giddy, Josh dude. is Jesus, but I'm if there was an Australian him. Jesus, Josh would be him. Yeah, they're, they're motherfucking crucifying him. And I, I want to echo so much of what's happening. There's just two comments in the chat right now. But first, Nicholas, as you said, Giddy is out of role. Pressy will likely give Giddy more time. Oh, you said it. It's patience. It's very unlikely Giddy would betray. Thank you, Nicholas. And the second comment echoes with my heart. Vidika Gaming. I'm saying it wrong. Viduka. I apologize. But Viduka. Giddy is elite and only 21 years old. Maybe OKC fans don't deserve him. No, no. We deserve him. We, well, us Oklahoma City fans, we deserve him. I, I'll, say, I'll say this, Dave. 
I have been where he is, she, it, they, are many times, okay? Where Oklahoma City fans, the bad ones, didn't deserve Russ. They, they didn't deserve that final runs. What's up, Mega T? Like, yes, Mega T. We, you're right. We run into the situation when people get so negative and they get so disgruntled and they get so mean and they, and they turn and they start stabbing our players in the back that, yeah, I feel the same way. Maybe we don't. You know what, though? I can definitively say that we don't deserve them. But Dave, you know what I'm talking about when I say this, but like we married women that we don't deserve. Yeah, like, hell yeah, dude. You want to marry up, guys. And, and the fact is, if we only got the players in Oklahoma City that we deserve, well, we don't get KD. We don't get Russ. We never see Harden pass through. We never see Chris Paul show up. Al Horford doesn't come by. Shea isn't here. We don't get Giddy. J-Dub is somewhere else. Like, this isn't about deserve, right? It's about appreciate. You know, if you appreciate the fact that you're with someone that's better than you, that person doesn't look around and say, like, I'm, I can't believe I'm with a scumbag. They're like, hey, I'm just glad I'm with somebody who appreciates the benefits of being with me. And mm. I'll never look at it and be like, I deserve the life I have. I deserve the wife I have. I deserve the kids I have. I deserve all the cool stuff I have. But I deeply appreciate it. And I deeply appreciate Josh Giddy. Mm. And I deeply appreciate Sam Presti for picking him. And mm. I'm deeply hurt and saddened by the fans who have, since we picked him, shit on him continuously every time he makes mistakes and it doesn't matter how good or how special or the fact that he's the youngest player ever to do this or this or this he is elite he is elite and he's special and i would do anything to like make sure that him and his family and his circle know how much we love and care about him because it's consistent with the loudest voices in the room are the negative ones that's just yeah that's the reality of today so for me that's why i take every chance i get in these moments, instead of waiting for Josh to outplay what everybody thinks and then be like, ah, I told you so. No, we want to stand here and stand up and say, he is on our team. He is our brother. And we love him. And we will defend him. And if anybody wants to come at us, great. We're here for it. Like, that's what we like to do, bro. And, you know, this goes back, and I'm going to leave it here because I got to get going. But I, I want to throw this exactly back here. When we started this podcast, we used to say to people, you can have your cake and eat it too. And people would make fun of us for saying that because they would say, you can't have that with the NBA. That's impossible to have in the NBA. You can't have all these pieces and then say, you can have your dessert, right? Right. That's what's happened with this Oklahoma City Thunder team. It's been put together so perfectly, so intricately designed that we take a step back and we realize that we're eating our cake and we're having it too, bro. And we're just stuffing our fucking faces. Because if you're looking at the 10 and 4 record, that's pretty sexy, right? right. But we're not even a halfway through yet. You know, like we don't know what this team is going to look like when they have 40 games under the belt. But if it looks like this right here, and we're like, what, 40 and, and 12, you know what I'm saying? What are people going to start saying? What are people going to start saying? Are they going to start coming out of the woodworks and be like, we believe too? We believe in Josh Giddy now. It took us a while, but we believe, guys. We believe. But guess yeah. what? It's too late because all those fuckers that are over there talking shit on Josh, he remembers you. Yeah. He remembers you. And when Josh comes on the show eventually and we have his family on the show because that would be baller, they're all going to say the same thing. Thank you for supporting Josh. And they can't say that to other podcasts in the Oklahoma City Thunder Palm area. So we appreciate you guys. Every one thing, fucking bro. one of them. We're the upper echelon of the West. 
What other teams in the upper echelon of the West are cannibalizing, the fans are cannibalizing their team? None of them. This is None unique to Oklahoma City, and that's why we stand up to it, bro. I know you got to get out of here. Everybody in the chat, Keelan, Nicholas, Shane, Mega T, everybody who's joining us, Wyatt, appreciate you. Hell yeah, guys. Sorry to make you cry, bro, but we love you. We love the team. We'll see you next time.